You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 104 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Oh, social media is blowing up, folks. Of course, uh, Tom Wilson, back in the news. Oh, the Sunday show. My, I will save that. I will save it. I'm not going to talk about it today. I will save that for my Sunday show. I'm going to gather my information, collect my thoughts. Oh, but uh, yeah, been going back and forth with idiots all, all day. And actually, sadly, some, some longtime followers on Twitter got blocked today for talking stupid. So, uh, yeah, but what can you do? Right. I don't have time for bullshit. On my timeline, I I really from followers. I why I don't need to read that nonsense. And you're showing your true idiocy is coming out. So there's no need to follow you anymore. So out with you. But uh, yes, that'll be Sunday show. I'm not going to talk about that today. In fact, I'm not going to talk too long in this uh, introduction today because I have special guest and returning guest Curtis Swanson, the cowboy from the LNAH, um, and. You know, an exercise that I've, I've done with a few guests, Dean Mayrad and Josh Bazer and Chris Graff. Um, I like to get them back on the show and talk about their five toughest opponents. And, uh, you know, for Swanee, of course, uh, geez, what did I have? Well, I had the stats here in front of me before. Uh, it was 149, I believe, career games 
179 career games and 250 career Ellen Age fights. So he has, uh, you know, so for five opponents, we got a, that's a lot of ground to cover. And, uh, it was a great list. And, uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Of course, um, as I said, he was a returning guest. So I do have a long form interview with Curtis. Um, I should probably have looked that up before I hit record, but I wanted to get this out. It's getting late tonight, so it's 9 o'clock already on Tuesday night. So I wanted to get this uh, MP3 to the boys at the network and get this up for you on Wednesday. But if you guys, if you go in the back catalog, it's in there. Um, and Curtis and I talk for over two hours about his, about his incredible journey, actually, from... Uh, Junior B all, you know, up to the, to the Quebec League and what he had to go through and, and the craziness that involved. And we talk about, uh, we briefly talk about some of the same stuff in this episode. Um, just some of the names and maybe some of the stories, but, um, it, it was a fun talk with Curtis. Great dude. Uh, it's great to hear that he's doing, doing well up there. The knuckle busters, uh, pipe fitter runs his own business, uh, up in Grand Prairie and he's doing good. So that was great to hear. And, uh, always enjoy talking to Curtis and it was a fun little talk. So I think you guys will really dig it. So, but like I said, proud member of the hockey podcast network, over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Oh, I could imagine what the, the New York show and the, and the Washington show are going to be doing this week. Uh, they should get those two hosts on together. There'd be a bloodbath there if they get them on together. But, um, yeah, so whatever team you, like I said, whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Uh, myself, Brad Lieb, Terry Ryan, we're over on the original content side, um, about things. Also, there's a, a cooking show and a, um, mental health show. And, uh, I know the, the network's really trying to branch out in a number of different areas. Um, not just, a, uh, about the game, but, uh, just different, uh, uh, areas within the game. Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, whatever, uh, you're looking for, the network will have a show for you. Also for my off network friends, Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles bringing you New York Islander Enforcer talk. Um, just finished up, uh, part two with Drew Fatta. Um, uh, great interview. Definitely check that out. Drew's a great guest. And Joe's had great guests on his back catalog is tremendous. Mick Fakota. Uh, Eric Bolton, Jason Strudwig, on and on. Um, and like I said, Joe's really thorough, gets, uh, you know, he turns over every stone and, uh, you know, he's been around. And like I said, he's, he, he used to help out Stan Fisher with those bad boys books. And, and, uh, so Joe's, Joe's got, um, extensive knowledge and, uh, always a fun listen. I'm, I'm not going to talk about how old he is tonight. I, I just don't have the time. I just, it's, yeah. But I, Joe, I, I always, I already feel bad because with the whole Tom Wilson thing, uh, Joe's already ranting and raving and bringing up, I wonder how many times he's brought up Eric Bolton's name. Every time he sees Tom Wilson trending Eric Bolton, he'll start yelling, Bolton, you know, I won't even get into that, but I know Joe's fuming. Oh, good times. Good times. But, uh, no, Joe, Joe does a great job over there and, uh, yeah, definitely check that show out. Um, also, Dan, Paul, and Kelly at the Obey the Puck show, and Fred and Dave over at the Slewfoot show. Again, they'll have a lot to talk about uh, with the goings-ons this week. And uh, there are a couple current hockey shows, and uh, and they cover all the leagues, the NHL and the minors and, and women's hockey, and they do a good job, and they're good people. And uh, like I say, I appreciate their shows. So I listen to them so I don't have to watch. But I'm still up to date. I still have my finger on the pulse. My ear to the tracks. And uh, so I can, I'm, I'm staying current. 
Well, kind of. Buzzwords. I will, actually, I will say with 103, it was brought up to me and I laughed because I didn't even notice it while I was recording. And I don't really edit my, obviously, if anybody's listened to any of my other shows, I, I clearly don't edit much. Um, it was brought up to me that, um, of course, I was saying Elder and not Edler last episode. And uh, well, I think I said Edler a couple times, but I think I said Elder for the most part. Um, yeah, I used to work with a pin name pinhead named elder so i think he must have been on my mind when i was ranting and raving about that on sunday's episode somebody's asked you know you're pulling a cherry and calling the guy's name wrong i'm like what he goes yeah elder i'm like oh oops so i thought i swore i said edler but i guess not but uh so i don't know how many times i said his name wrong but eh, whatever but uh, yeah so that was that was kind of funny actually but uh anyway that was 103 um, Wednesday is interview day around here. And of course, Sunday is, um, whatever Sunday is rant and rave. And I get, I guess it's going to be a Tom Wilson special this Sunday, I guess. But, um, yeah, Sunday's usually just, uh, you know, whatever, whatever happens going on in the, in the game, if, uh, for the week and just stupid shit that happens. And, you know, like I said, it's sort of, uh, what grinds my gears type of, uh, type of segment. So, um, but before I get it, before we get to Curtis, um, definitely if you're on social media, check me out fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook. Um, yeah. So send me a, uh, you know, a follow or a friend's request and, uh, uh, yeah, just drop me a line. Tell me what you thought of the show, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, if you have any show ideas or a, if you want to be a guest, you got a story to tell, like I said, send me a private message and, uh, I'll certainly get back to you. Um, also guys, uh, definitely check out, uh, the YouTube channel, fourth line voice on YouTube, I have over 2,500 fights on there from junior to pro. Um, just go to the little search engine. I got them all sorted. Um, I'm going to try to do my best, uh, uploading stuff here. Um, but like I've, I've, well, I've beat this enough times. I've said the to nauseum, but I mean, we're busy, uh, you know, doing rentals and packing and getting ready to sell our condo and move to the, to a house. So a lot of my stuff's already packed away. So I, and it's kind of been taking up a lot of time, obviously. So I don't have a lot of time to sit here and uh, upload stuff to YouTube, but, uh, I'm going to try to get a few, uh, I just got a package from my boy Napes there in, in BC. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what's in the DVDs. So, uh, you know, I might have some new stuff. Well, it's old stuff, but it's new to you. But uh, I'll, I'll try to put some stuff up on the channel for everybody. But definitely subscribe to the channel. Hit the little bell notification so whenever something comes up, uh, uh, you'll be notified. But uh, like I said, with 2,500 videos, you'll be going down that rabbit hole. You'll those There's enough there to keep you busy for a while. But I, I encourage you to please check that out. I really appreciate it if you would. Also, whatever platform you're listening to this on, could you download it? Don't stream it. I get paid by the download. So <laughs> Darren needs to pay the movers. So if you could, if you're streaming this right now, could you do me a huge favor? Just hit stop, go and download it, and then, and then listen. I'd really appreciate that. Um, also, if you could rate and review the show, it helps me out in the searches. I got so much, I got so many demands. I'm so demanding of the listeners. I hate, I hate to be like that, but, uh, such as the reality of podcasting. If you could download and rate and review the show, that's all I'm asking. That's all I ask. I won't ask you anymore. Well, okay. I'm going to ask you one more thing. My friend, Steve over at when was King.com of course has the GoFundMe to try to bring back a drop your glove style website. That's going to be bigger and better. 
Um, he's trying to raise $10,000. He's at about halfway there. Um, but it's, you know, the, the, the donations are coming in slowly. Um, come on guys. We've all been on drop your gloves over the years. We know how much that's, how great that site is. We all love that site. And I see, and I, I remember seeing daily on social media, people bitching and crying that it was gone. Well, here's your chance to bring it back. And like I said, even in the enforcer appreciation group, there's over 12,000 members. I said, if every member gave a dollar, we'd have the site back up by now, you know? So, um, you know, guys, if you haven't don't, I know times are tough. Not everybody can afford it. And I understand that. But, uh, for those that can, any little bit helps boys, you know, let's get this back up. Let's get some donations going. There's been some big ones. Um, you know, and I appreciate and, and, uh, and thank you for everybody that did that. Um, but yeah, I'd really like to see the site up and I know a lot of people would. So, um, if you have, uh, an opportunity and the, and the, and the means, if you could donate, that'd be great. Like I said, if you're on social media and you're listening to this, you know about the GoFundMe that's going on. So, uh, yeah, just, and if you don't, if you're not on social media and you're like, Darren, what are you talking about? I'd love to give, um, get a hold of me at hockeyfights at hotmail.com. That's right. I still have a hotmail account. Hockeyfights at hotmail. Send me an email then and I'll send you the link and you can donate that way. Um, but yes, let's get this going, boys. Let's do her. But uh, enough of my yapping. Let's get on with it. Thanks, everybody. All right, here on the fourth line voice, a returning guest by popular demand. And I know everyone li- everyone out there likes the list. So I invited back Curtis Swanson uh, back on the line. Uh, Curtis, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? Very good. Thank you very much for taking the time. And uh, I gave you the, uh, I've done this with Dean Mayrad and Mazer and Graf and those guys. And I got a hold of you and asked you for your five toughest opponents. And that, uh, you know, that, that covers a lot of ground. <laughs> That's a lot of guys. So uh, I'm interested to hear your list. Uh, did, did you have trouble whittling it down to five? Well, definitely. Like, there's a ton of guys that are on, aren't on this top five that are definitely plenty dangerous. And I mean, can't really say this is the definitive top five, but they're the top five that I would have worried the most about actually doing some damage out of the guys I fought. And then there's guys that have just never lined up with. Like, I'm sure Varhog, if I fought him. That would have been up there too, just that reach alone. And I would have fought Mayrand a year or two earlier when his right was going. He probably would have been up on this list as well. And then there's just a lot of really good talent there. But anyways, yeah, well, we and then, five, yeah, we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll go from five and we'll we'll, we'll work our way down. So, yeah, all five. I gotta put Lawson in there. Yeah, he'd be the only guy who ever KO'd me. And I mean, I know he had a lot of issues off the ice, but on the ice, I didn't have anything negative to say. I know I fought him. I want to say two weeks after, and kind of stopped mid-fight. And he said, "Stop holding on, Swanson. Let's throw." I kind of went, "Shit." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was honest and I mean just when he got into St. George in that last year year and a half he was in that league he was dangerous and could beat anyone any night the guy could play and 
do damage in other ways too, which is frustrating for a guy like me who normally sits on the end of the bench and doesn't contribute in any of those other ways. Yeah, like I know, uh, you know, from talking to a bunch of people, yeah, like Lawson, he, uh, yeah, like you said, unfortunately he had the, he had the issues and he kind of, kind of bounced around from team to team, but, um, like, how tall was that guy? He had to be about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, wasn't he? Yeah, 6'5", and he was quite jacked towards the end there where he must have been 260, 270. Yeah. He wasn't a thin, leading guy like he was when he first came in. Yeah, and it was yeah, like... Yeah, he had rolled. I know, I can't recall another time where I went down that hard and got up and buckled back down, so I think for being able to do that damage alone, and maybe he was just the one guy who caught me square enough or in the right spot, but he makes my list. Yeah, well, like I said, and, uh, well, I was, I was, uh, the folks listed, of course, uh, I had sent out the list, uh, or I had sent out the request last week on, on social media. I sent it out to about 40, 50 people, ex-players and fans that I knew were big L&H guys. I said, you know, pick a, pick your all-time top 10. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he's pretty much on everyone's list, um, for the most part. And, uh, yeah, I know, uh, like I said, he's kind of sporadic playing here and there, but, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, solid player too. I know talking to a few people, I mean, um, yeah, they were surprised like that he wasn't up, you know, like I know some guy was saying, you know, he definitely had like, probably if he had, you know, could corral it and get his, you know, his shit together. Like he definitely had like AHL talent for sure. And like toughness and could skate. Yeah. He could definitely move out there. And, uh, yeah. For a guy who didn't move much out there, it would <laughs> definitely have been nice to have that skill set. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, it, uh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, and like you said, he, uh, even when, like, uh, like, Morasti and, and Bosse and all those guys were kind of, you know, cruising through the league there at a little bit, I mean, when they ran into Lawson, I mean, Lawson was right with him. He handled Bosse really good, actually, and, uh, yeah, like you said, he doesn't, uh, I think, Thank you for for the folks listening. Uh, do yourself a favor, check out Tyler Lawson footage on YouTube. Uh, he kind of goes under the radar because he wasn't around for very long. But uh, yeah, definitely check him out. So that well, we're off to a hot start at Tyler Lawson's number five. Yeah, and then number four, I got to go with Sebastian Sear. He hit like a freight train, and. He didn't stick around the league because I know his, I think it was his girlfriend didn't want him fighting all the time, but he'd go into boxing championships and galas, like your tough guy fight night where he had the tournaments and he'd win those and the guy could just throw. Like, I think there's a, one fight where he dropped Morasti. Yeah. And not many people can say they did that. And I know in my first year, he caught me with one right on the ear when I was in Jean-Pierre. And my roommate, Copley there, he thought I got a broken jaw because just the thud he said you could hear across the rink was disgusting. Huh. But I just had a purple ear for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, him and uh, there in uh, Three River, him and, him and Duplain were kind of the, the tag team there for a bunch of years. 
in, in Trois Rivières. And, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of looking up his stats now. He had 219 fights in 174 games. Yeah, he, uh, and he kind of had that funky kind of square off. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah. Well, he's a big dude, too. I mean, well, how tall are you? Like 6'2? Yeah, I'm about 6'2. I want to say he's roughly the same height as me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, cause it's, it's hard to tell when you watch his fights. He, he's all kind of crunched up there, but yeah, uh, yeah, but like you said, uh, to drop, uh, like to kind of flag Morasti and then, uh, I, I want to say he caught Dubé too. Jacques, which is rare too. Jacques didn't go down very much. I think, I think Sear got him oh. too. Yeah, and he most likely did. I mean, the guy had power. And, I mean, my list might not be necessarily the toughest guy pound for pound or anything, but the guys that I was more concerned about fighting or was worried about, I could get damaged. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, Sebastian's here. Because, like... And the biggest fault on Sear is his balance in skating. He wasn't a big skater, and that, so that's the only thing where you could kind of keep him off balancing you. We're hoping he wasn't going to throw a real clean square. Yeah, well, yeah. They, uh, hey, I'm going to go, uh, well, no, I'll wait till after you're done, because I'll, I'll, in case you bring him up, I'll, I'll ask you after we're done. But, uh, yeah, so... We got uh, Lawson at five, Sear at four. Uh, Steve Bossy at three. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that would be another guy. Like, I know my last fight there against him. I think the first one, he kind of, when I was, I think it was my first year in Laval or second. It was your first year. I think it was yeah. the first, yeah. And he just kind of overwhelmed me with lots of flurries. But, uh, that last year when I fought him when he was up in John Care Sagney, I really wish I could have done that fight again because he didn't connect with anything and I was more worried about trying to keep him off balance than actually fighting him. And I think the, I just got a little bit mind-fucked by Beeson at the coach there in Tatford, which I didn't get along with at all. Yeah. So, but... I mean, definitely heavy, dangerous hands. We've all seen the videos of what he can do in and out of the ring on the ice. The utmost respect for him, but he does have the balance issues, which I'm also guilty of. <laughs> um, yeah, were you, uh, well, I don't know if it was around at this time, were you kind of a video guy? Like, did you watch any video of these guys beforehand? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, if I could watch the video, I would. Actually, when we were in uh, Finland for that Ice Warriors and I drew the Finnish qualifier. Yep. I'm talking with Parker and Parker's like, you have to be the only guy I know who's pissed off because you're fighting an unknown that you don't know any tendencies of when you basically got the best fucking guy on the card to fight, in theory. Yeah. The guy's not a fighter, doesn't a ton of experience, but I'm like, fuck, I don't know what this guy's going to do. This could be embarrassing because you're just going in blind. Luckily, it turned out quite well for me, but... Yeah, it's, well, it's like the fear of the unknown, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, or the surprise, like even Sandro Sabroka, the one time when I fought him, I think it was the third time, and 
just were squaring off and a straight left down the pipe and he split me open on my chin and I just kind of went, I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it, uh, I'm actually, I'm actually looking at your fight card right now. It's, uh, I actually have a few questions to ask you after we're done. I'm sure I probably, like I said, I probably would have, I probably asked you all this when we were, when we had your first interview, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of rehash a few. I want to rehash a few things with you, but, um, well, there we go. Number three, bossy. All right. Number two on Curtis Swanson's top five. Sugden. Well, there you go. Yeah. Sugar. Yeah. Okay. Fought him twice, and the first time, those rights were just coming at me, and they're definitely heavy, and I went down to a knee and was trying to get up and ate a bunch of other ones, and he actually, we were bullshitting after the game, he was like, oh, sorry for hitting you when you're down, man, I'm like, I was trying to get up, fight wasn't over, no worries, man, and, but yeah, you could just tell by fighting him that it wasn't going to be easy, and he was... Just technical and straight and hard. Yeah. The second time I fought, you know, we had a bit of a bad knee, so I was lucky to get a draw there, I think. But knowing that, I tried to shake him a little bit more. Yeah. Did, so yeah. He just was intimidating and definitely threw well. Yeah, like like on your lit, like with well with Sugden and Bossy, and then I guess they were on. Oh, and they're on the same team too. Um, uh, like were they? Um, like were either of them like big talkers? Like did they do a lot of yapping? No, they were actually pretty respectable. Like even that last fight I had with Bossy, I went on the ice and he lined up next to me, and the coach is telling me not to fight him, so I said no, and he didn't do anything calling me out, but he made sure everyone in that rink knew that he was asking to fight me, and it drove it drove me, because I wanted to fight right then and there. And, well, in the first intermission, I went in and told the coach, if he puts me on the ice against Bosse again, I'm going to go him, because I'm not going to be embarrassed like that. Well, but, like, what, what was his reasoning for telling you no? That Bosse was hurting people, and he didn't want our guys getting into it with him. Huh. So he's already kind of my playing in my mind that I might get hurt, whereas like other coaches, like the one I found I played the best for was Kurt. It'd be like he'd just give me a tap. He'd say, "Oh, you know, boss, he's got a big right hand. Keep an eye out for it, and we'll get him." Yeah, you know, I know what my job is, but to kind of undermine your own guys like that. But that's guys who haven't played the game, and I mean, I might not be the best hockey technician, but I still don't know what cycling a do is. Two man cycle, yeah, utter chaos and stupidity, in my opinion. <laughs> and I understand the third guy high, but he's supposed to be rotating out in a cycle. Two man cycle, you're just forever losing the puck in the fucking corner. <laughs> Isn't that the Sadin special? The two-man cycle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was a Sedin fan, but not too many uh, twin brothers that are like that. No, no, not in the LNH at that time period. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, completely off topic. I, You know, this has nothing to do with fighting or anything, but since we're talking about the Sedins and everything, um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. 
Um, who's the most skilled player you ever played with? I got to say Picard. Mm-hmm. He just that release of his, and watching him like DeShane's and Fred Henry, they were good fucking goalies, both play in the AHL, and I practiced playing rebound. You could literally pick them apart at will. Like, just a phenomenal shot. I mean, he was older, wasn't quite as swift as he once was, but that shot alone was just amazing. The one year when I think I led the league in fighting majors and he had 49 goals and 50 assists or something for 99 points. Yeah. But, I mean, there's other guys with lots of skill, but he definitely stands out as the most that I played with. Yeah. Yeah, I was always curious because, I mean, you know, obviously when everyone talks about the Quebec League, it's, you know, oh, it's a circus, the crazy thing, crazy show and all that. And, you know, and rightfully so. But uh, there's a lot of talent in that league, though. Oh, yeah. And Pick was definitely a goal scorer in the AHL. He played a few hundred games in the show. And, yep. I mean, I can't remember who he fought. I think it might have been Downey in the show. You like to remind me about that. <laughs> Not that he was going to go out and try to find fights out in Quebec, but he definitely let me know. Did you see my fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I always try to like you know when you when you talk to people. Yeah, I always try to bring that up. Like I, I think like it definitely gets lost on people that uh, you know how how good the league actually was. You know, once the fight stopped and you had to play with that little frozen black thing, there was a few guys that could do it. Oh, yeah, like, lots of ex-AHL guys, like, uh, Jeremy Stevenson came there after he was in national, I believe, and yep. he played 10 games with us, and he was a third, fourth liner in the show, and he was, oh, putting up a little over a point of a point of game in that Quebec League, so. No, absolutely. It wasn't complete dog shit hockey by any stretch. No, not at all. No, no, definitely not. Uh, well, here we are. We're uh, we're cruising along here. Well, who, here we are, number one. Your toughest opponent. Yeah. I only fought him once, and I think you know who this name's going to be. It's Joel Terrio. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. yeah, I think I was fortunate in that fight. I know... Duplain was pretty disgusted with me because I think Terrio slipped and I didn't just jump on top of him or push him down, hold him down. I let him back up and I forced him to throw rights with my rights and kind of cross-grabbed him so his left wasn't free because I know that's his go-to and Pacote had taught me about the cross-grab and you make a lefty fight your right, they're uncomfortable. Yep. And it worked for me in that fight, but those rights still sailed by me, and there were some pretty bad intentions behind them. <laughs> How, um, yeah, like, just take us through that. Like, because, I mean, you, you, you know, as a fan, you see the video and you hear the stories and everything, and what's it like, like, to square off with that guy? Like, how... Like that's got to be because he looks like he's just at that at that at that time period in St. George. There, I mean, he looked like he was just like just vibrating. Oh yeah, he was definitely intense and everything, but 
me after you've done it for quite a while, you know, once the gloves are off and if you don't have anything, I think I was on a decent roll with my fights at that time and was pretty confident in myself. So I went in it kind of like any other fight, but I had a game plan and it turned out about as good as it could have for me, I think. I mean, would have been nice tagging with a few and get a bit more of an upper hand because pretty sure anyone who sees a fight would probably call it an edge for him, but I was happy that it ended with us both standing, I believe, or maybe I fell down at the end or nothing from a solid connection. Yeah, wow, I mean, and like you said, that's such a, a legendary name, and uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, actually, I, for, I forgot you fought Terrio, actually, I didn't think you did. Yeah, but there, yeah, yeah just September. that one. Yeah. September 30th. Another guy that was quite intimidating to fight was Frankie LaRue, but he was getting pretty long in the teeth, and both of those fights I had with him, I think, turned out quite well for me. Yeah, they did. I was just, uh, did, um, yeah, like, so a guy like that come down from the NHL, you know, he's sort of just, uh, you know, like you said, on the last legs, uh, did you basically have to really convince him to fight? No, uh, their assistant GM who was with us, or one of their guys in St. John anyway, I was skating in Tetford out by uh, Center Ice, and he hollers at me, and I kind of went over, and he's like, yeah, we want you to fight LaRue tonight. I think it was LaRue's first week in the league or something, and I'm, it got me right pissed off, actually, because, oh, you got this new tough guy in, and you think I'm going to be chopped liver for him to beat up on or whatever you know that mentality it's like we want our guy to fight you and it was kind of like oh fuck this I'm gonna make a point of it now and sure enough he squared off with me the once there and then I think the second fight when we did a, a rematch in St. John I think I did even better and it was a lot more toe to toe but on a guy that long I just remember pulling in with my left as hard as I could and throwing my right and I connect and it was right at the end of your punch where you got like no power left. Yeah. <laughs> so anything you had behind it, you're just kind of like tapping them on the chin. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah, well, that's a, uh, well, and like you said, and the guy that's been around that long and done it for so long, it's not only is he long, but he knows how to use it too. Right. Oh yeah. Well, his card speaks for itself. I mean, there was one point where he was the next big thing after he got Tony there. and Yeah. 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 The cards didn't quite lay that way, and he wasn't, but he was definitely a well-respected, tough guy. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, one guy I wanted to ask you about, and he doesn't, uh, not a lot of folks talk about him. I don't, and I, I can't recall him being in the LNH for very long, but I know you had a couple of really good fights with him was Robin Richards. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he'd be a type of guy I'd want on my team because he could play a bit, you know, yeah, blind type role. I don't know, when I fought him, they were just good open fights. Yep. Our styles kind of meshed where I used my left hand to nullify a bit and try to throw the rights, and I quite enjoyed fighting him, actually. It was a lot of fun normally. Yeah, I was just kind of looking. Yeah, he only actually played that one year. Yeah, you guys, uh, 
Oh yeah, there you are. Yeah, he fought. Actually, he fought you. Uh, yeah, three times in a row. Yeah, he fought. Well, you guys fought twice the same game, and then yeah, you must on the return. Yeah, he fought again. But oh, actually, he fought um, four times. He fought him, huh? Yeah, you get to know guys pretty good in the league. <laughs> yeah. Well, another guy that's actually. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Dubé. I don't even know who I fought the most. It'd probably be Dubé. I almost have to say. Well, well, yeah. Another guy that's yeah, yeah. It'd probably be Dubé. Him or Sear, it looks like. But another guy that actually shows up a lot on your card is Ellard. Oh, Pat Ellard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I fought him a lot that year in Saint John for whatever reason. I ended up matching, well, I guess I fought a fair amount of guys from St. John. I never fought Bosse or Cote that year, although I did try to go after Pat, and he basically told me he wouldn't ever fight me, so after I tried once, that stopped. <laughs> did, um, um, well, when you were actually, just, well, speaking of Cote, I mean, um, I know in your in your last interview that we did on the show, I mean, you, you know, you, you talked about your friendship with Pat and stuff, but um, just sort of when it comes to the fighting, um, and you were, you were kind of saying how he, he was t- telling you what the cross grip, did you and Pat work a lot on fighting together? Uh, not really. Like, we didn't, oh, it's not like we wrestled on the ice or anything, just, you know, more just giving advice a bit in the room and kind of telling me where to grab and that. I know the Robert's brothers, mostly Mario, when I was in John Care. I ran into them and they were trying to get me to come play senior A because they were saying I was going to get eaten alive in that Quebec league and I should really take a step back. But uh, he went over a lot of how he would grapple and where he'd hold on and you know just how to defend yourself a little bit better. And there were guys that I'd wrestled and one guy like me and Duplain in Tetford, we fooled around quite a bit after practice and just, you know, grappling a little bit and working around at the end, working yeah. on your balance and whatnot. I really got a ton of respect for Sam, and he did an amazing job over the years. But I would have liked to fight him after I left Tetford because I think I figured out his uh, timing because he's a very... He's got a very unique start to his fights. Yep. I think there's an opening there that a guy could really exploit. And after sparring with him all those times, I think I had it figured out. Yeah. Yeah, well, like you said, that was him and Sear, right? They were there for a long time together, and then and then you played with them. Yeah, like Duplain was in that league for a long time. Like, I think he went right to that league right after junior. Yeah, I believe so. I mean... I think he might have went for a tryout somewhere in the States or something and, and just came back. Yeah. But, I mean, even that, when we were older, like, Sam could speak some English, but he could, it was definitely a second second language to him. Yeah. Well, another guy that's on your card, and of course, you know, legendary name in the NHL, um, was Brashear. Yeah, I never actually fought Brashear. No? No, I'm not sure. When was that on my card? Uh, first year, your or? first year, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It says, yeah, you fought in Saguenay on September thirtieth. But while it just has yeah. his name, it actually doesn't have an outcome, and then it doesn't really say anything. But it's got him on your card, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I, I know for certain I never fought brash, but I did uh, give him a whack. I think I got a slashing penalty, or I asked him to go, being a dumb 20-year-old. And I mean, we didn't have anyone else. We had me and Yannick on the team, and he tipped the net over around Karan, our goalie from the Penguins, on loan for that year, and kind of behind the net, tips it over, and it landed off post and crossbar around Quran and I was on the ice. You got to do something. So I skated up. I gave him a little slash and told him to stay the fuck away from my goalie. And he said, what do you say, kid? And I repeated myself and he laughed and skated off the ice. But I mean, it basically be stupid for him to even fight a guy like me. Because anything that comes out of that for him is a loss. Oh, you beat up a 20-year-old kid who played junior B. Well, heaven yeah. forbid I land a punch or I hang in there with him for a while. That would have just not looked great for his reputation. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing for the people listening. If you haven't listened to Curtis, or my first interview, um, yeah, as you were saying, <laughs> your first year in the LNAH, you're 20 years old, right out of junior B, and... uh yeah, and here you are, like a month in, and you're <laughs> calling on calling on Donald Brashear. That had to be sort of a surreal moment for you. Oh, the heart was definitely jumping. Yeah, I wasn't uh, too disappointed when he laughed and skated back to the bench. <laughs> but I mean, a few years later, I feel like I would have the tools to handle it a lot better. Where. You know, I might have not given him a choice or grabbed him. Yeah. But what? the outcome there would still be pretty hairy. Well, that's well, you're one of the best in the NHL ever, right? So, yeah, it, uh, yeah, that would have been something. But uh, but you're out there anyway with him. But uh, one guy that's on your uh, on your card quite a bit that first year is Danik Lassard. Looks like you guys went like six times that year. Yeah. He was... Uh tough character, like little piston hands and yeah, he was always a good willing combatant and you knew he was going to throw with you and you weren't in for a wrestling match at all. It wasn't like fighting some guys. Yeah, well, I was going to say like with Lassard, like he's got the machine gun, right? It's like, did you prefer that? Because I know you're sort of like, uh, you know, kind of the kind of the windmill, kind of the slow. Like, did you prefer kind of like fighting Dubé compared to Lassard? Oh, I didn't really mind either of those two guys. I'd be happy to go either of them. Uh, they're yeah. both solid, and I mean, Lassard, I've got a lot more reach on, which is definitely beneficial for me. So. Whereas Dubé is about my size, so that's a bit tougher. Yeah. But, no, either one of them can, would definitely be a challenge on any night. Well, no, absolutely. But, yeah, I think I played with Lassar briefly later on that year in Laval. Yep, yep. Uh, Did, um, well, another guy, like, speaking of your 20-year-old year, um, yeah, well, another guy that, of course, all the listeners know is uh, Marasti, and you fought him twice your first year, and then um, yeah, and then you fought him two years later. Uh, 
do you remember uh, just the difference in them at that point? Or was yeah, that- there was definitely a big difference in the two years. Like my the first two fights, I think they both. I think most of my fights with Morasti, we ended with both of us standing and me exhausted and him with a big smile on his face. Yeah. But uh, the first year, he was definitely not quite as dangerous, and he really liked poking the my jersey over my head. D- did he definitely that... filled out in the later years. Yeah. He was a lot stronger. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of, like, yeah, with your jerseys, did you uh, did you do anything with your jersey in terms of tie-downs or anything? Uh, I think after uh, that Morasti fight, I put a front tie-down in. Yeah. Just to... Sh- hockey lace and a quarter or what have you and tied that to the front so that if I ran into him again I wouldn't end up in the same shitty situation of throwing blind because back then the rest didn't really come in and stop it at a moment's notice yeah yeah well <laughs> yeah the LNAH refs were definitely uh it definitely appears that they were they were going to let the boys go for sure yeah, they let you tire yourself out pretty good, or, I mean, I must have had a few minute 20 fights with, I can definitely think for Shat and Morasti, some pretty long ones. Yeah. Uh, and that's a very underrated guy, too, is Manny for Shat. Yep. He went with everyone, and for a smaller guy, he had the endurance, and just, uh, I think he surprised a lot of people who weren't thinking it. No, no, I agree. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he was uh, unreal, and yeah, some toe to toe battles. Um, yeah, like just speaking of that, like in terms of the fights, did you, did you prefer, kind of like guys, like your size, or was it uh, or smaller? Like how did who did you prefer fighting fight wise, in terms of size? Uh, I prefer to fight someone my size or a little taller because, I mean, it always is better i mean to fight someone you're equal in height or taller because it never looks good i mean you can say anything you want about how tough for shed is but when i'm five inches taller i'm supposed to beat the boots off him yeah and that's not always that's not the case of what happened in our fight so i mean it's kind of like morassi he's one of the toughest guys to fight because you're not going to hurt him yeah. No matter what the outcome, he's five inches shorter, six inches shorter than you, and it goes wide open and for a long time, well, he just stood in there with someone that's a lot bigger than him, and it looks great on him and not the best on you. No, absolutely. Yeah, and it, uh, well, speaking of large individuals, as you were saying that, I was kind of noticed, I didn't, I gotta go back and watch your fight DVD. I forgot about this fight. In Quebec, you fought Chad Richard. Yeah, that was probably quite early in the year, and that was one of my bigger fights. I mean, I'd fought Maxwell and uh, Craig Martin up to that point, and then so he would have been like one of my – because he is just a massive man. Yeah. Craig and Roger were big, but Chad felt bigger. Yeah. Yeah, he – Definitely controlled our fight, but I stood in there, and you know Trevor Jober was like, "Be careful, he's a seriously tough customer." 
Yeah. No, I, well, yeah. I mean, and like you said, yeah, and he did it for a long time. And that's just, that was a, a large dude. Yeah. Cause I was actually watching kind of some older, uh, Laval DVDs a while back and he, he was all over them. And yeah, he didn't lose a lot of fights. He, he was, he was dummy and a lot of guys on that DVD. Yeah. Well, I think he kind of let up on me at the end where he had me in a pretty vulnerable position in that fight and he kind of just went, okay. I think he's had enough. I kind of broke it off there. But I do really think my first year in that league, a lot of the bigger heavyweights kind of felt shitty for me for where I was playing up in John Kerr by myself and kind of hearing my background and all that. So I think I got a few benefits of the doubts where the super heavyweights weren't really going after me. Yeah, that, um, yeah, well, speaking of which, so, um, so you start the year in the LNH when you're 20, and then towards the end of the year, you go out, uh, you get sent out to the, the Maritime Junior, Junior A League in Campbellton, and, yeah. uh, uh, this guy's, you actually fought David Mitchell five times. Yeah. By far the toughest guy I fought and ran into in that league. He was a solid gamer. And I think I mentioned the dirty headbutt that I gave him the uh, one game there because I was pretty pissed off because he'd shed all his gear every time I fought and I'd be fighting a bare-chested guy. And we all know you're at a disadvantage when you're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the but head Actually, off. I think... Yeah, well, Cochran actually messaged me because he listened to that, another guy who played with him, and was saying, yeah, it was hilarious hearing that because he remembered the whole story, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, well, like, yeah, like we had talked about when you went down there, right, they, uh, yeah, you show up with the long, uh, I think you had a dyed blonde, the blonde hair, and ready to rock and roll. Yeah, well, I think I died it for playoffs, but it was yeah, yeah, it was more natural before the playoffs. <laughs> how did did um, well? I would have asked you this in the first interview, but we're doing it now anyway. Um, how did you enjoy your time in Camelton when you were there? It was a lot of fun, and really, as far as uh, town, you could get into trouble with and everything else. I mean, you're right on the border of. Quebec, and in New Brunswick, the bar shut down at 2. You go across the bridge into Quebec, and there's a little Indian reserve there. they got a nightclub and a strippers, and the bars are open till 3 Quebec time, which is 4 New Brunswick time, so you got to put in some pretty big shifts there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ah, yes. Yeah, the, uh, the joys of junior hockey. Yeah. Did, uh, well, and before, uh, I know we got your list here and everything, but, uh, we had talked about, uh, junior, you had played junior B in Slave Lake and, uh, one of your teammates we were talking off air is, uh, was Trevor Ray and, uh, who was a tough dude and the, and the uh, the footage is out there for the Slave Lake. And I remember watching it when Kurt sent it to me, but, uh, the, you were saying the following year, uh, when you got traded, you and you and Trevor had a little go. 
Yeah, it definitely went in his favor. I mean, I would like to have another go back when I was 21 and had a little more experience, but I mean, he owned me in that one. He knew basically exactly what I was going to do, and he had me tied up, and he fed me some rights. And yeah, I collapsed. I think that was my first collapse sinus, where I was mentioning before, you kind of go to blow your nose and your eyelid and everything fills up and you can push the mucus back and your little kind of disgusting squishing sound in your brain. But it healed up and the only thing I can't do is equalize when I'm scuba diving. <laughs> so, your, so your diving career isn't going to happen, I guess. No, I got my open water. My dad has a place down in uh, Honduras, Utila, little island there, and the second biggest reef in the world. So I figured I'd try diving, and well, I got through and got my certificate, but I wasn't going on my free dives afterwards, and it buggered my ears up and kind of ruined the last week of my vacation there. So, the, oh, the, the the Trevor Ray right hand came back to haunt you all those years later. Yeah, well, that happened to me two or three times with the uh, collapsed sinus. Or I don't know if that's the right medical term. That's just kind of what I decided it was, and it <laughs> went away after a couple of weeks, so it wasn't something I went and got really checked out. Yeah, that's... um. Well, like I said, you had uh, what I yeah you had 194 games, you had 244 fights according to Drop Your Gloves, with a a, a season high of 74 in 0506. I can't even imagine what your hands must have felt like. Yeah, well, it was the shoulders were worse than the hands. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I don't hit hard enough or, but yeah, my shoulders were a mess. I had a old 89 F-150 and with my right arm I couldn't pull it from park and put it into drive I had to use my left Ugh. the end of the season because I was leading the league for majors and minutes and I couldn't play the last two weeks and then in the playoffs I was actually my shoulders basically taped up completely and I was pretty happy with the outcome in the one game I did play. I took out uh, one of their better defensemen uh, in Quebec. Well, the chance? Jeez, that's going to... No. Goslin? No. Uh, it wasn't one of the Royer brothers. It was big, tall guy who played in the A for years, I think. Blue Yeah, Goslin. Yeah, Goslin. Goslin, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I fought him, and I think we fought before the face-off. We both got kicked out, so they lost a skill D, and I only had to fight once with a bum shoulder. It was kind of a win-win, in my opinion. <laughs> well, then you guys, of course, uh, you know, the infamous uh, brawl with the Quebec fans. Yeah. Was that that game? Uh, yeah, it was that game because I was already kicked out, or maybe it was the second fight at a stoppage or something. So yeah, I was kicked out, suspended. 
because I was in the stands when that brawl happened, and then we all got down to the dressing room and in the easement there with getting pelted with beers and waters and <laughs> swinging sticks and throwing sticks and four rounds running by after he got maced by the security guard or cop. Yep. I've oh, never yeah. seen such high knees in my life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's um man, that yeah, that's wild when you guys are taking on the fans and then yeah, the security guard spraying everybody with the pepper spray and you guys well, at least it wasn't the uh the three hundred dollar one piece is getting javelined into the crowd. Yeah. Although I think they were, I think we were using one pieces back then. Still, yeah, yeah, now, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, because oh, I guess that's oh five oh six. Yeah, so yeah, you would have been. Yeah, yeah. I think I got the lower end ones, something nice and heavy with a bit of weight behind it. <laughs> yeah, the old telephone pole. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, yeah, your top five. There you go, Terrio, Sugden, Bosse. Uh, uh, Sear and, Sear and, and Lawson. Lawson. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's definitely the uh, you know, murderer's row there for sure. Yeah, and no disrespect to a lot of the other guys I fought that were probably just as dangerous on most nights, but those were just the ones that stuck out to me as the ones you kind of worried about a little more than the others. Yeah, um, yeah, now, like, was there a guy, like, when, like, you always hear the stories of, like, Link and all that stuff, was there anybody that was out there that, like, if if you weren't sure if they were going to fight you or stick you or, like, you didn't, you know, that you're always sort of on guard for, like, you weren't quite sure what's going on in this guy's head? Did you play against anybody like that? Not too, too much. No one that really sticks out. I mean, like Terrio, you never knew what he was going to do on the ice because he played a fairly regular shift as a D-man. But, it, you know, when you get out there against him, he's pretty honest. Um, well, like, because the reason I, I bring it up is I'm looking at your uh, you're looking at your fight card, and uh, one of the names that you fought a bunch of times was uh, Serge LaBelle. And uh, the reason his name sticks out to me is on Matt Barnaby's podcast. Barnaby, uh, he played against LaBelle in junior in the Quebec Junior League. And he was saying that Serge LaBelle is the scariest guy that he ever played against. And I was just, and I saw his name on your card and I remember Barnaby saying that. So I just wanted to know, uh, you know, what was your dealing with LaBelle? Uh, I think they were all pretty honest for the most part. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about if you're too crazy in that league, there's someone else who will hurt you. Yeah. So, like, I mean, Charbonneau, he was, I don't know how he survived the way he played. But, I mean, the ball's on him to do some of the stuff he'd be doing every game. But, for the most part, he was more yap than actually going around swinging his stick. And I mean, the only guy which you already are kind of aware of that I couldn't stand was Christian. Yeah. 
And I talked to him off the ice, and, you know, he seemed like a nice enough guy, a bit of a big ogre, but, you know, you just, he was a guy who couldn't turn that switch off. He'd be suckering you on the ground. He'd be, I just couldn't stand him because, you know, when the fight was over, it was never over with him. Yeah, was he sort of like the one? Was he sort of the the main culprit of that? Like, did you have anybody else? Like, I've heard that from a bunch. I've had a few guys on the show that have said the same thing with him. Was there anybody else like that? No, there's no one else that I had a hate on for anything. I mean, me and Hewitt got into it once or twice, and we had a few beers after a game and bullshit and. It all went to bygones be bygones, and the next time we fought, I'm pretty sure it was a nice, even, squared-up, clean fight. Because I think I was pissed off because I felt like I went down and took a bit of a dirty shot in the first fight, and then the second time we fought, when it went to the ground, I basically figured all rules were off, and yeah, we were, he had a mitt full of my hair, I was eye-gouging him, and trying any way I could to get another shot, and which probably isn't the best thing to do in hindsight, but it is what it is in that scenario. Well, you know, yeah, like you said, it's a, uh, you know, um, yeah, at the end of the day, like for the, you know, I think people sometimes, I, I think maybe people watch so many fights to sort of get desensitized, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's a fist fight, right? You just happen to be on ice while you're doing it. So it's like, yeah, sometimes it is tough to, you know, to turn the switch off when a guy, you know, when, well, at, at whether he did or you perceived that he did give you a shot while you're down or something you didn't like. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the engine's still firing, right? So you want to get back at him for sure. Yeah, you just kind of feel for whatever reason you thought you were slighted or whatnot. There's a way to get back later on and then... You know, sometimes those calls are made in haste. You just put something in the memory and, oh, stash that one away. We'll run into him again. Yeah. Well, it's before we go, like you said, you you had beards with him after and kind of squashed it. But I know uh, in the, at that time, I mean, you know, in Quebec, of course, you guys are all running around town. And, you know, I'm, I mean, you're bound to run into guys, obviously. Um did you did you ever run into a, the opposition off ice and uh, have any issues? No, none whatsoever. I mean, we're all just out there doing a job. I mean, yeah, I can't think of any time like I'd ran into lots of the boys outside of hockey, and you know, I mean, even if we fought that night and we bumped into each other at the bars, I mean. Lots of times you're fighting your friends, too. Like, I played with Parker. We became friends later on, and we squared off after that. Uh, buddies with Mark Black, I fought him lots. And quite often after the game, we go and have beers. Talk about our evening and our fights against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Very seldom did the bad blood ever spill from inside the rink to outside. Yeah. Well, it always seems like when you talk to guys, it's like their their issues were always with the guys that didn't actually fight. It's usually with the skilled guys they didn't like. Yeah. 
there was always some guy that would run his mouth or whatever, but you know, he'd never fight. Those seemed to be the guys that uh, were the most irritating for sure. Yeah. Luckily there weren't too many of them. And I think Charbonneau was the only guy that really stood out of, for me as the guy who just was nonstop. And he was quite the character. Although I do appreciate him driving the bus and, with Beeson at that's classic. Okay, wh- what's that? What happened? Uh at that one coach used to be a bus driver and uh Charbonneau used to skate around and pretend to be driving a bus and make fun of the coach or the other team. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh the crazy Quebec League. Well man, it um yeah, like you said, that that's a hell of a that's a hell of a list, and uh, yeah, just scrolling your fight card, it's like you know, um, I I said this during, even during our our first interview. I mean, I could I could definitely I could sit down and talk to you about all these names all night, but uh, I won't I won't take up too much more of your time. Actually, the one name I will ask you about as I'm scrolling here, and of course, he's definitely a a, a minor league legend that uh, the people listening will know about is uh, Wingfeld, Brad Wingfeld. I know you fought him a couple times. Yeah. I mean, Winger was solid. Like, I mean, for me, he was so strong and solid on his skates, which was the hardest for me because I don't think my style and his ever meshed for a really good fight because he'd grab you and pull and jerk as he's throwing. And, well, sooner or later, I'd be toppled over just because I can't keep my skates underneath me. Yeah. And I'm sure he hit me too, but I think it was a lot easier fighting a guy like Dube who was just looking to plant and throw. Yeah. Yeah, but I ran into Winger after games too, and I want to say he was buddies with Mark Wolf, and that's how I met him, but I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. Yeah, yeah, he was a real solid guy, pretty quiet, kept to himself. Yeah, yeah, he, um, yeah, I've had I had him on the show. He was he was a lot of fun to talk to. Yeah, he had some uh, he had some crazy stories, and uh, yeah, he he had a hell of a run though for sure, uh, and a lot better player than I think people give him credit for as well. Yeah, I know. I quite enjoyed that episode, and it was definitely a few laughs when he was talking about me and how he thought I was just going to get destroyed because, you know, there's not much for balance there. And then he, geez, the punches came from the weirdest angles. I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> yeah, you kind of, yeah, it, uh, no, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of that unorthodox uh, kind of style you had going. Yeah, well, there's definitely not a ton of uh, training and that involved. I kind of just played two years of junior and went for it and figured out what worked for me. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, like I said, two, 244 fights later in the LNH, I think you did all right. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and watching your uh, your fight DVD, it... Uh, 
yeah, I'm gonna have to go back there and check it out. But I know I was I was watching a few of your fights online here uh, yesterday before before we did this and uh, to revisit some of them. And uh, yeah, man, you had a solid career for sure. Yeah, thank you very much. Kind of wish it was longer, but pretty happy to have gotten out when I did and still be in fairly decent condition compared to what some guys are going through. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, how how are your shoulders these days? Uh, they click if I swing them in circles, but <laughs> aside from that, they're not too bad. Yeah. You must hurt on cold mornings, though. I don't know. I don't know if Grand Prairie is the best place for that. Yeah, it definitely isn't. I get pretty miserable if I can't get somewhere south in the winter. And the last two winters haven't been too kind for getting away. No, no, absolutely not. Um, well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Matt. Like you said, you're uh, you kind of you're you're doing your thing out in Grand Prairie. Was it uh, Knucklebusters? Yeah. Yeah, knuckle busters, pipe fitting, and oil field maintenance. So I generally work on building well sites or small compressor stations and supervise and pipe fit, run welders. So it's been quite good. I've got a few pipe fitting trucks, little two-ton service trucks with knuckle pickers, and I figured the name suited me between the ex-hockey fighting and then slipping off a wrench and kind of went with a play off of the old Ghostbusters logo and the hand through the crossed out circle and I think it suits me anyway. No, absolutely. I was like, yeah, it's funny. Alec and I were talking about that. We're like, yeah, that's the perfect name for Swanee's business for sure. But uh, yeah, and you were saying business has been pretty good or at least steady for you. Yeah, I've got no complaints. I mean, I had a rough patch last summer when we were talking and everything was shut down, and I've been real busy this year and kind of looking forward to a few weeks off at the end of the month here or waiting on some other stuff from engineering and just more buildings. And, yeah, my trucks have been mostly working, so... Life's as good as it can be, I guess. Excellent, man. As far as work goes. That's good to hear. No, I mean, like you said, it's, uh, you know, tough times. Well, well, around the world, obviously, it's tough times. And, uh, you know, but, uh, no, good to hear you're staying working and, and, uh, and staying busy. But, uh, no, man, I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on a second time. I know your, uh, your first interview was really well received and, uh, everybody really enjoyed it. So, uh, I definitely wanted to get you back on and, uh, like I said, with the, with this uh, top five, I think people are really going to enjoy it. So uh, thank you very much. You bet. It was a pleasure as always. Excellent. All right, Curtis, we, I won't keep you any longer. You have a good night, man. You too. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Okay, take care. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 